The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, and we have Dr. Kathy Greenberg as my co-host on the line here. And between Kathy and I... Um, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And we're very happy today. Uh, we have great guests, and always. And today we have Pat Aaliyah. And today's show is focusing on women's leadership, a lifetime of tracking our progress. Let me tell you a little bit about Pat. Pat is a co-founder and moderator of the Women's Executive Leadership Summit. It's now in its seventh year at the Center for Advanced Studies uh, in Business at University of Wisconsin, the Madison School of Business. And over the past seven years, Pat has gained significant insights from the remarkable women and men who are leading change within their corporate cultures. We'll get her to speak about some of that work. You also can find Pat. She's a frequent speaker and advisor to executives in key leadership positions in business, education, government, uh, aligning career and organizational success for themselves and those they lead. She's the co-author of The Best Work of Your Life. Pat has maintained an active commitment to improving status of women in the workplace and beyond throughout her career. Previously, she chaired the Lieutenant Governor uh, Barbara Lawton's Corporate Advisory Board, and she did a regular segment on Wisconsin's public radio for seven years called Career Talk, along uh, with her co-author of her book. And, you know, Kathy and I always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics with proven leaders and provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And, Kathy, welcome to the call. Thanks, Relly. I am delighted that we have uh, Pat on the program with us, and I believe I will be sharing uh, the podium with Pat in October at the University of Wisconsin, and we'll talk more about that later in the show. But, you know, everyone who listens to our shows, you know, they know that leaders are the heartbeat of their organization, but most leaders will underestimate just how much influence they have on others, and, well, you know, as a result, they can underperform, but just doing a few things differently can really make, well, big improvements in how your organization performs and how your leaders perform, and what you'll learn in each and every one of our shows is something about how to develop leaders in your organization, what happy companies know about performance a little bit about emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies. That's really a sweet spot. A little bit about brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance. And today we're going to focus on generation and gender differences to help create strategies for managing your life and your boss and self-management tools and tips to be your best. So we're going to share um, as much as we can in today's show about many of these aspects and um, really perhaps you will... Well, 
I'm, I'm thinking maybe you'd like to talk a little bit about some of the facts and the figures that we like to share with all of our, um, our listeners before each show. Sure, Kathy, and this is part of our evidence base. So we talk about leaders and leadership development news, and one of the reasons uh, it is that we know that leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. And we like to say that the leader is the emotional thermostat for the team. And then one of the keys in your organization is to get people to be in the top 10%. And one of the main ways to get people in the top 10% is some of these emotional intelligence factors, competencies that we talk about. And the more a leader moves up in the organization, the more they need emotional intelligence, especially when compared to how smart they are and technical expertise. And why do we want to get someone in the top 10%? Well, a lot of the research shows that someone in the top 10% produces twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th through the 29th, uh, 89th percentile. And when you add coaching to training, both Kathy and I are certified coaches, when you have training alone in many organizations, that can help, and it's about a 22% increase in productivity. But if you add ongoing and individualized coaching, it's about an 88% increase uh, in productivity, and you can bring coaching networks inside your company in just one day, and studies have showed that happiness, Kathy's sweet spot, is tied to profit by more than 93%. And if you want more information from uh, Kathy, her website is Dr. Kathy Greenberg, www.h2cleadership.com, for happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services. And if you want more information from me, my number is Dr. Uh, my uh, website is www.truenorthleadership.com for emotional intelligence, uh, books, tools, speaking keynotes, and leadership and coaching boot camps. And Kathy, I know you and Pat go back. Maybe you can you can introduce Pat. And we can have her say hi. Pat, are you with us? I am with you. Great. Yes. Um, Pat and I recently met um, through a, a common um, or a mutual. I want to say um, friend at uh, University of Wisconsin. Uh, we um, are delighted to have Pat Aliyah with us. Her book, The Best Work of Your Life, um, obviously is a transformational book that helps us understand more about how we can get the best out of ourselves. But let me introduce Pat, uh, perhaps, um, and then we can get into a conversation, Pat, about where you believe the best work of your life is taking you, and we'll pick it up from there. So, about 30 years ago, Patalia, like many of her contemporaries, both men and women, believed that the Berlin Wall of gender discrimination was coming down hard and fast. Women were speaking out and politics were changing, and it was really hard to argue that 51% of the population didn't deserve equal, equal opportunity in a modern world. And with barriers down, women would quickly level the playing field and and our men would generously share the corporate suites across America. Well, today, certainly women have made significant progress as small business entrepreneurs in the increasing numbers of MBAs, MDs, and lawyers graduating and, and in breakthrough roles in sports and the media, and certainly all fields previously dominated only by men. Women today fill over 40% of middle management leadership positions, yet you know, top corporate leadership roles continue to change at a glacial pace. And during her career, Pat Aaliyah has dedicated herself to improving the lives of women. She has just led initiatives to address financial, 
sexual and domestic well-being. She has helped to form national networks to connect women and increase their influence within universities, government, and corporations. And she has conducted workshops on building strategic career trajectories and has worked with hundreds of women and men who have the courage to change the workplace rather than to cope with these antiquated practices. Pat's work is personally fueled by leaders who are working to cultivate healthy cultures based on diversity and inclusion, and particularly when coupled with strategic alignment for business success. A statewide initiative, Wisconsin Women Equals Prosperity, led by Lieutenant Governor Barbara Lawton, was coordinated by Pat, who also chaired the Governor's Corporate Advisory Board. So we are so pleased and honored, Pat, to have you with us today. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Kathy. And we look forward to having you out in Madison with us, too, in the fall. Well, Pat, I wanted to uh, maybe start off our questions, and we always like to do this, is to get a little bit about uh, yourself, your background, and then how did you come to work in this field of leadership? Well, um, you know, leadership is fascinating, and I think it, for me it always has been. And I, uh, when I reflect about why this is the case, uh, it goes really back to, for me, basics of family, family of origin. Um, the family values when I was growing up were um, really centered on authenticity. I mean, everybody had to be truthful and be who they were, integrity and commitment. And uh, when I think back, those are the conversations that happened in our, at our family dinner table uh, with my siblings and today with our kids and uh, even within our family email. There are about 12 of us on email. Uh, those are the kind of conversations that keep continuing. So I think there's something you know, really core in my uh, experience. My husband calls me a truth and justice person, so I think um, leadership, you know, for me is has just turned into kind of a, um, a constant um, interest. And then I also think that it's an accident of my age. I'm a baby boomer, and I think um, my generation has had a lot of opportunity to create social change, and that change has been in our communities, in our schools, universities, politics, and in and uh, I've been particularly fascinated by how corporate America has had and used the resources to create some of the best models, I think, for change. So um, seeing passionate people who have the ability to generate resources and build advocacy and get results is um, an ongoing fascination for me. Pat, as you've um, developed this, if you will, truth and justice, um, I, I want to say philosophy, that's a great little tagline probably get to use that a couple times during our interview here. But um, have, have, you, have you thought about who in your life um, may have actually put that um, kind of stamp of how you see the world um, inside of your thinking process? Um, that's a good question. I, you know, I think, as I said, I, I'm, you know, I, can, I think of my, uh, my mother. <laughs> it sounds like someone at the Academy Awards, I thank my mother. But, uh, but actually, I mean, I, you know, I, it really is very personal at some level. But also, I mean, there are plenty of uh, contemporary scholars and practitioners who I draw on. I mean, from Deming and Peter Schultes and Cotter, the work of Sally Helgeson in the field of, you know, women's progress. Um, but, but really, in the last seven years, the privilege of working with the University of Wisconsin um, Center for Advanced Studies in Business has provided me an opportunity, because I moderate our Women's Summit every fall, to listen to dozens of people, men and women, corporate leaders, who tell what we call case stories. They tell you know, how they have 
created and sustained change uh, that has leveled the playing field for women and for men. Um, I also, I have my own consulting practice and I work with individuals as a coach as well, and so I am constantly inspired by um, the people who have the courage to be respectful but also unflinching. I mean, I see this, I, I, I support this when people, you know, simply will not back down, and I, I, I love that. Well, you know what, Pat, we're going to come right back, so hold on to that thought. All right. This is Leadership Development News, and we're speaking with Patalia. so come right back. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 amanda age three Carlos, age 9. An abducted child is everyone's child. Jada, age 14. To get free Amber Alerts on your cell phone, go to wirelessamberalerts.org. A child is calling for help. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development. We're talking today with Pat Aaliyah, co-founder and moderator of the Women's Executive Leadership Summit at University of Wisconsin. And she's also the author of The Best Work of Your Life. So, Pat, um, we wanted to come back and, and get into some of the uh, content a bit. What surprised you the most listening to corporate leaders talk about women in diversity? It sounds like through the summits and also through your coaching. So what surprised you the most when you hear them? You know, uh, really, the thing that has probably surprised me the most is that there, there isn't a conspiracy against women. There isn't a cabal of um, white men, you may know this already, who are saying we don't want women to succeed. Um, when I was much younger and when women were first starting to, you know, be warriors for their rights, I mean, I think there was a feeling that, you know, that there was an intentional imbalance. I think sometimes there's negligence. Sometimes there are people who don't want to know what the data says, but truthfully, uh, most of the women and, and the men who lead diversity and inclusion uh, say that there's very little pushback from the top once you sort of get the data and get a plan in, in gear. Um, one thing that surprised me and I think is part of what I just was saying is that playing fair is profitable. Um, you two are both committed to evidence-based um, you know, findings in terms of leadership, and I think that there's plenty of data now that shows that when you um, become a diverse company and include and, and give everyone a fair chance, that, uh, that you know, the bottom line is affected in a very positive way. Um, one other thing, though, that I want to mention, and I think this is just fascinating, there is a double standard in expectations of leadership of men and women by women. And I've seen this again and again and heard other women talk about it. When men disappoint us as leaders, Women will say, oh, yeah, that really disappointed me. There's kind of a loss of faith. And that, but they'll say, but I, I, I wasn't that surprised. When women who are leaders disappoint us, they, women are devastated. They, they say, uh, I will, I'll never work for a woman again. I, I mean, they get very upset. And I think it's because there's a loss of hope because they thought it was going to be different with a woman leader. So when women um, get into leadership and don't, you know, behave fairly, or, or if they aren't good leaders, they really lose the faith of their women who are working for them. So that's really interesting, and I think, you know, both, uh, both you know and our audience does just about expectancy, you know, and what, how that maps in the brain. So it sounds like you're saying that there's an expectancy that, that they're going to be treated fairly and, and, and uh, maybe better with their co-women, and when that doesn't happen, there's a big letdown. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Well, not only that, but it, it sounds to me, and, um, you know, having managed at some point, um, you know, over 800 people on three continents, it was clear to me that often when I would disappoint another woman who worked for me, that it was also very hard for me to recover mm. because your reputation becomes your character and your character becomes that which people base their expectations on. So, um, Pat, it, this is really a, a key issue for not only people who are going to uh, be working in the workforce for women, but women who are, in fact, managers, um, expecting a different outcome as well if, if they don't 
see and understand many of the concepts you're going to talk about today. Well, and Kathy, it must have felt like a huge burden because when you're when you're leading women, 800 women on three continents. I mean, you're it's, you're carrying the weight then of you know having to represent all women leaders. <laughs> it's a little bit of an unfair burden that we put on women leaders to be iconic and represent so you know so much. Exactly. But it's it's a fact. You know? And you know, I know that Rally has a lot of coaching clients who I'm sure. Um, have had their expectations mismatched, whether they're men or women. And I know that it's the values that we hold around diversity. It's the values we hold around how we want to actually interact with people on a fair basis that would, you'd think, drive our behavior towards more of what you've already identified as truth and justice. So I know we, we don't really have a, a formal way of, of, of talking about this, but what might you think, um, before we get into some of the research, might take women off task. Well, you know what? There's a saying that I heard recently that I just love. It's and the saying, or the comment was, uh, "Culture eats strategy for lunch." Culture is culture eats strategy for lunch. Uh-huh. That's a good one, isn't it? And yeah. I think I think that's so vivid because if there is a culture, a prevailing culture that isn't based on good values, then no matter how strategic you try to be, the culture will prevail. So I think culture and climate are really at the heart of um, of sustaining a good corporate performance. And I, you know, I don't know that this gets directly at what you were asking, Kathy, but I, I just feel like um, when women disappoint or when we when we you know get off track, it's often because we're being tugged at by the prevailing culture, and it really hasn't changed. And that's why I'm very interested in in change that is evidence based and is sustainable. Oh, I uh, I know Riley and I are both. Um resonating with that, and um, one of the things that both of us share with our audiences um, frequently is the difference between culture and climate. So for those who are listening, uh, the culture is something that is, is very, what we might call, and Pat, you can correct me if I'm wrong, historic, something that is uh, a relational way of being in that company, whereas a climate is how an individual leader behaves and responds within that culture and then around them creates a climate of, if you will, values such as diversity and treating people with, uh, with truth and justice so that that strategy that they use in their climate is what gives other people the opportunity to really perform at their best. Yeah, well said. Well said. Pat, I wanted to, I know you have some interesting research about women in leadership Role today in business, and maybe you can you can share some of that. And is this is some of this in your book, or was it in your in your book, or is this some new new? You know, um, my book is really a book about personal career strategy and oh. planning, and so um, my book launched me uh, further into leadership issues because you know, it, like I said, there's just such a such a correlation between how people lead and how people's careers get built. Uh, my my book is has three sections: clarity, strategy, and action, which is really a very pragmatic. Uh, way to um, identify and constantly reframe your life and career planning. Hmm. So we'll just you know put that aside. It's almost like it's a platform on which I do the rest of my work. I see. Yeah. Okay. But the um, but the the research uh, the in relation to women's issues, I go to uh, Catalyst, the forty year old organization in New York City and now internationally. Catalystwomen.org is the source that I use to just when I want a snapshot of what's happening because they do so much research. And their um, 2008 census is just recently out. 
And uh, I can give you, do you want to hear a few little highlights from Yeah, that would be great. Okay, good. Um, well, it, in the Fortune, this really focuses on Fortune 500, although they have, um, they have research on any number of topics related to women. But in this one, they find, surprisingly, that 15.2% um, of board directors are women in Fortune 500. So I'm going to paint a little picture here that shows that we haven't come a long way, baby. You know, and that's... I think it's interesting because women have come so far in other ways and in middle management, but not at the top. Only 3% approximately of uh, board directors are women of color. Most Fortune 500 companies have between only zero and three women on their boards. Many of them still have none. 15.7% of corporate officer positions are held by women, and this is up from 15.4%. So only a teeny increase from 2007 to 2008, but that just waffles back and forth. And it's been around 15% or lower for a long, long time. And of top earners um, in the Fortune 500, only 6.2% are women, and that's down from 6.7% in 2007. So I'm just, you know, showing a picture that if women are in a, in the pipeline, which is, you know, we hope they are. They better figure out which pipeline they're in because um, it's not necessarily going to the top based on Catalyst research. And I think, you know, Eileen Wang, who's the president of Catalyst, uh, was quoted recently as saying, exceptional times require exceptional leaders. We need to create credible 21st century leadership that looks like the future. In other words, we need more women at the very top. Pat, as you're um, giving us these statistics, I can't help but think that the Fortune 500 may be retaining a select group of women who are, in fact, now in these categories. However, you and I both know, as do many of our listeners, that a lot of very exceptional women have left this uh, bastion, known as the Fortune 500, to start their own companies. For example, Allison O'Kelly at MomCorp, or um, Liz McNabb at Women to Women Link, or Genevieve Boss and Cynthia Good at Pink. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly one of the founding mothers of Working Mother Media, Carol Evans at uh, Working Mother Magazine. So we know that uh, many of these women do leave the Fortune 500 and, and create their own um, organizations that, in, in fact, um, foster more opportunity for women. What, how do you think those statistics might compare to what you see here? Well, you know, I think what we're, it's interesting what you're seeing is really almost a parallel um, universe, you know, where women have said, uh, we're just going to go off and create our own our own playing field. And I, I mean, I think that's perfectly wonderful, and I respect, you know, the women you've talked, and know some of the women that you've mentioned, you know, I think it's, I think it's very exciting what's happened. But I also think, and when you think about the economic um, crisis that we have been in since last fall, and even before, um, and think of Fortune 500 companies as defining our global position in the, you know, in the world in terms of business. I think we need women in, to get into those positions of power because I think we need a shift in the leadership uh, that, you know, in the quality, quality and the type of leadership. I think Eileen Lang is right in saying that exceptional times require exceptional leaders. We just need a different kind of leadership. Um, there's an article that I have in my files that never seems to uh, go out of date to me, although it's from an old business week from probably the year 2000. It was a, um, a study that was done that's called As Leaders, Women Rule. And it talks about the qualities that women have that are needed for 21st century leadership. 
Well, I want to. I I want our listeners to learn more about what that is. So, if you hold that thought for just a second, Pat, sure. we're going to go to a break. And please, everyone, come right back. We're speaking with Pat Aaliyah, and we'd love you to listen to more. So come right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 and the pitch dave just pitched a tomato which won't work, but a healthy, vegetable-filled diet could give you energy to hit that grand slam. Run, throw, think, eat better. Can your food do that? Find out at smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership 
about. And I just want to mention, if you there's a lot of free stuff on Kathy's website and mine. Kathy's is www.h2cleadership.com, and mine is www.truenorthleadership.com. And uh, before the break, Pat, you were just talking about some of the characteristics that you saw in an article from Business Week um, that maybe differentiates how women are leaders. And then Kathy also was coming up with some interesting stuff during the break. So maybe we can start, Pat, with that, sharing what, what are some of the things you see. And then Kathy, sounds like you got some good information also. Um, well, the, show, the study I was talking about was, it was, uh, as they said in the article, ironically, the researchers weren't looking to ferret out gender differences, but they accidentally stumbled on these findings when they were compiling hundreds of performance evaluations of executives. And there are, there are a variety of sources uh, from this, but it says of the 425 high-level executives evaluated, each by about 25 people, women executives won higher ratings than 42 of the 52 skills measured. And um, the skills that they particularly mentioned were motivating others, fostering communication, producing high-quality work, strategic planning, listening to others, and analyzing issues. So, um, and I'm curious, Kathy, if you know if that kind of stacks up with what you're reading, because my study is is you know a few years old. Oh well, you know, studies never really get old; they get enriched by other people's data that build on them. So, yeah, you're. Your data is certainly consistent with with what we found in Global Leadership Next Generation, and that was with uh, Marshall uh, Goldsmith and Maya Huchan um, and um, a friend of mine, Alistair Robertson at Accenture. And what we found that there were there were two predominant behaviors that are consistent with your list. One of which was um, being able to understand a diversity of style better. Women were more capable of, of seeing that diversity of style was a good thing and how it could be leveraged. And the second um, that has some overlap and resonates with your list is the idea of, of networks, communication networks, that women had had informal titles historically, and it's only been in the last 50 years that women have had the real titles that we see in corporate America, you know, the ones we're talking about here, board directors and heads of companies and corporate officer positions. So they had become very adept at what we call the informal social network that really helped make decisions. So those are consistent. It's interesting. There was an article that was sent to me uh, from the New York Times, and this was called Liberated and Unhappy. And um, this one says, American women are wealthier, healthier, and better educated than they were 30 years ago. They're more more likely to work outside the home and more likely to earn salaries comparable to men's when they do. They can leave abusive marriages and sue sexist employers. They enjoy unprecedented control over their own fertility. And on some fronts, graduation rates, life expectancy, and even job security make men look increasingly like the second sex. So interesting, you know, if, I'm sure if we pulled up four more articles on, you know, small business or improvements or anything like that in the news, you'd find some other person who's saying something different. So it's, it's fascinating to me that, um, all the things that you're working on and focused on are still so pertinent. And, and I'd love to go back to the discussion we were having about perhaps why progress is so slow at the highest corporate level. And, and I, I do want to talk about that, but the headline of the article you just read is pretty interesting because it suggests that there's an unhappiness factor with all this embarrassment of riches. Is that right? It, exactly. And, in fact, it says down at the bottom, today the gender gap has reversed. Male happiness has inched up, and female happiness has dropped. In post-feminist America, men are happier than women. (laughs) 
I think that this is, I hope we can talk about generational differences in this conversation, too, because I think today's generation of women, uh, they, have to, they have to really harness all that opportunity and help reshape it so that it makes them happy. But, uh, but going back for a second, because we were talking about the status of women and, and why progress is so slow, let me just uh, you know, think about that for a second with you, because uh, it's more, more complex, absolutely more complex. You know, when I uh, think about how we 30 years ago thought that the playing field was just going to automatically be leveled once we identified the problem, so much not the case. Um, it, barriers are both internal and external, as we know. And Kathy, I know you've been writing about this, too. Um, the internal barriers, and at the, at the summit uh, at the university, you know, we hear about this year after year in these case stories, and we keep learning more. But the internal kind of barriers that women need to deal with are, you know, their personal makeup. I mean, what kind of person they are. You know, if they haven't reflected and don't understand their own driving values, uh, you have no place to start. I mean, people have to be fueled from within. The prevailing norms, uh, even the partner that they've chosen in life, a husband or, a par- or someone they're in uh, domestic partnership with, can make a huge difference in what a- opportunity actually exists. And some of our speakers who talk about negotiation, they start there. They say you need to negotiate within your family before you negotiate with your boss about your career position. Because if we don't have support at the personal level, we're not going to get very far at the professional level. Another thing that I find in my practice, in my consulting practice, uh, that I always talk about first with my clients, whether it's a corporate client or a professional coaching client, is life and career stage. It makes a huge difference uh, what point you are on your lifeline, uh, how much you want to achieve or not achieve. And then the external forces, you know, as we talked about corporate culture and the climate, um, you know, I think that that's really huge. So you have to, that has to be right. There needs to be an executive will. I mean, the, the women at the summit who talk, talk about if, this, if these diversity and inclusion programs, if these opportunities aren't endorsed at the, by top executives, they simply will just fade away. And there needs to be accountability. And the Catalyst Award winners every year, the corporations that have won awards for sustained projects, have excellent models for accountability available on their website. And I always like to see what they're doing to make sure that, um, that everybody in the, in the company is working toward the same goal. One thing I've found, um, I call it a legacy deficiency. Uh, when I'm working with my clients, so often people don't have a sense of what they want their legacy to be. They haven't really thought about it. And now when we see you know, corporate executives fleeing corporations because of all this economic disaster, it just makes you wonder, what was it all about? And I think people should really know that they have impact and it's going to either be a negative or a positive legacy. So I think having your personal vision is extremely important. Um, let me add one more thing, if I could. Sure. Um, the why progress is so slow in our country, I think, uh, we have speakers at the Women's Summit from uh, different countries every year so that we can get more of a global sense or at least a comparison. I think we have an absence of urgency here that women feel elsewhere in the world because we have been comfortable and we haven't really had to uh, force change to happen. We've had speakers from Dubai, from Somalia, from Afghanistan, from Peru, uh, women with you know, incredible vision and courage because there was simply no choice. It was physical survival, and they've started, you know, and maintain amazing programs for women. So, um, so I think urgency, legacy, 
uh, internal and external barriers. It's a very complex set of factors that uh, women have to negotiate to to move forward. So, um, Pat, we're going to ask you in a minute just about some of the uh, differences you see in generations. But I think I just want to highlight some of the characteristics, and again, maybe between the gender, some of the things that both you and Kathy were saying. You know, Kathy was saying diversity of style and network um, that women. Uh, may have a tendency to do more of use, mention, analyzing issues, communication, listening. And these are all topics that I end up dealing with folks, men and women, uh, in coaching about how to be a better coach. Um, and in my thought, I want to get your, your both your reaction. It just sounds like some of the cultural training for men, you know, is to quickly have a decision, don't hesitate, um, you know, your idea, try to get it out there quick. And it sounds like some of the inherent uh, skills that women have with the networking and listening really is what our leaders need because no one at the top these days is going to have all the answers. Good point. I mean, I think that makes the case really for why uh, why we need to open up those positions mm-hmm. of top-level power for women, too. You know, I think that mix, the mix of what we can learn from each other about, you know, this inherent styles and manners of leadership is, you know, that's the mix that's needed for you know, this next yep. generation. And I think we can coach men to do, do that a little better, and it sounds like there's also as many women who, who may already you know, have those skills honed a bit more. Well, and I think women you know, need to learn some of the skills from men, too. You know, being authoritative, taking authority without mm-hmm. apology, being decisive, uh, being action-oriented. Some of the women I work with in my practice um, are so astonishing to me who have the courage to just really take the authority that they, that they have signed on for. So, so you know, it needs to be a really good mix, and I think that's probably what the next generation is going to have to deal with is how to how to make what what's that going to look like. Well, this brings me back to the conversation we had um, started to have about how different generations of women think about these issues. Because, you know, I I have a daughter who's um, a um, millennial, and um, she's in the work world, and I know she is uh, a very different person than I was when I was her age in the work world. And um, I'd be curious to know, Pat, in, in your work with women, uh, how you see these generational differences coming through in these styles that corporate America expects. Well, I, oh, I think it's fascinating and um, troubling sometimes because um, sometimes women in our generation just say, I just can't work with younger women. They're not like me. Yeah, and that that seems to come through a lot. Well, we're going to take a break, so hold that thought. Okay. So um, please, everyone, come right back. This is Leadership Development News. We're talking to Pat the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. 
seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Do you know who your kids are talking to on the Internet? Every day, children are sexually solicited online. Help delete online predators. Call 1-800-THE-LOST or visit CyberTipline.com. A message from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and the Ad Council. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking about Patalia. And uh, Pat and Kathy are going to be uh, at the Women's Executive Summit. It's going to be October 7th through the 9th in Madison. And if you're interested in getting a little more information or attending and, and seeing both of them, uh, the website is www.exed, stands for Executive Education, dot, uh, W-I-S-C, stands for Wisconsin, dot edu, and then slash uh, Women's Summit. Is that right? Women's Summit, not Women's Executive Summit? Women's Summit. Women's Summit. Mm -hmm. Let me say that again. www.exed.wisc.edu slash Women's Summit. And then let's follow up on uh, anything else, Pat, as far as how different generations of women think about some of these issues that we talked about. Um, you know, I'm a boomer, and and, uh, like Kathy, I have uh, two daughters, actually, who are uh, Gen X. 
And so I've been really watching the difference in our thinking as we, you know, as I've seen them become professionals. They're both very exciting career people. Um, you know, my generation were the warriors. We were the breakthrough warriors. We we got. I think it's exhausting to think about uh, now, but we had to break down a lot of barriers that were just, you know, really basic. And then Generation X. I think I think of them as the just do it generation. Let's just just do it. Let's not talk about it. Just get get on with the work. I always say, you know, Gen X to me is get to work and then go work out. You know, they want to have the business day end and then get to the gym. But also, very much, in, in, they're very much tuned into fairness. So they expect a fair workplace, they expect a fair world. The millennials, um, Kathy, your daughter's generation, is, is they're filling in the institutional gaps. I mean, they're the ones who are seeing that there's a crevasse that they have to leap over, so then they have to go back and say, let's fix that. So I think they're the innovators. And my experience so far with Gen Y and you know, the, the up, up, up and comers is really, you know, unfortunately there's a sense of entitlement. It's been written about a lot. I heard about someone uh, of that generation who got a bad performance evaluation and their mother called their boss. So, um, you know, there was a little bit, there's a sense of, you know, that my parents are going to help take care of me. However, I'm learning more and more, as we all are, about how they're leading the Internet generation in terms of, you know, new communications. And, you know, it, all these generations have something amazing to offer. So um, so it's just finding the good and, and, you know, finding those people that are going to lead as, you know, as you, you both de- devote your days to. When, when you're thinking about um, all of these various and sundry generations and how they're contributing what are some key concepts everyone, regardless of what generation or gender they belong to, should know about managing corporate change related to women's leadership? Um, you know, I think that uh, some of the things that we've hit on, just to briefly restate, I mean, first of all, I think having a clear sense of the data, you know, being uh, realistic. What's the data that, uh, what is the, you know, a snapshot of my, of my company uh, how many men, women, you know, just understanding what the demographics are. But also, um, co- corporate change, it has to be based on a vision, goals, authority, and accountability. Uh, there, has to, there have to be bottom line results. Everybody has to share a sense of creating a healthier uh, culture and climate. And in, in, you know, you, in managing change, and I know you two do this kind of thing too, I use a template that just gives me, you know, some vocabulary, and maybe you use the same kinds of things. But basically, the components of change are, you know, there, there has to be a vision, there have to be appropriate skills, there have to be incentives, resources, and an action plan. And then you get change. If you're missing the vision of all those things, you get confusion. If you're missing skills, you get anxiety. If you're missing incentives, you get some gradual change. If you're missing resources, you get frustration. And if you don't have an action plan, you get a lot of false starts. So I, I use this template as just a way to keep track of change, whether it's large or small. I know of companies that have completed complex mergers using this model. So it's just a you know very practical model that I, I find real helpful. And so I'm just going to repeat that for our listeners. So, so our template, you use vision, skills, incentive, resources, and action plan. Right. Those five key areas. Mm-hmm. And then where in, in that model, uh, maybe it's resources or maybe it's all of it, do you deal with folks that sometimes we call either resistant or they're just hesitant to change, you know, kind of the individual focus that you may deal with someone in, in your coaching with? You know, I think that's at the vision stage. I think that the vision has to include uh, uh, core values and organizational, you know, prin- operational principles. 
And so it, you have to agree to agree. I mean, there has to be a consensus within the vision of how what we're aiming for. Vision is the destination. And if we all got in a car and we thought we were going to three different places, we would have trouble enjoying our travels. So I think the vision is really the critical part, and that's why I always put it first. And I think just to tie in what we've already talked about, some of the skills that you said that you know all leaders do, the women also do quite well, listening, uh, diversifying your style, you know, some of those key areas which just so applies to uh, change and getting people on board for the change. So much so, right, exactly. Pat, just one of the, the um, alternatives you said, when, when people don't have enough resources, what happens to them? When they don't have resources, there's frustration because... You know, you get the kind of can-do people who will say, "We can do this, we can do this," but it, it, but actually, you have to really um, determine what are the what are the concrete resources: time, money, number of people, days. You know, you have to get very concrete in your planning and have you know resources. Uh, and you know what, Kathy? I think women, especially, uh, we, you know, we unfortunately try to do a lot without too much in the way of resources. That's really the story of women in small business too. Uh, a lot of small businesses are very much underfinanced that are started by women. So I think what, you know, being realistic about resources uh, will take away that frustration. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, are there um, places where corporate leaders can find innovative and successful leadership models to help grow and retain women of, of talent? You know, I, I will have to say that the summit, again, you know, and I know that there are programs uh, in leadership that, that are wonderful all over the country, and I can only, you know, speak. I can, I've gone to many of them, but I can speak most personally about uh, the one for which I feel like I'm a godmother here in Wisconsin. But we call our, we don't call our, our speakers case studies. We call them case stories. So we ask our speakers to tell stories of how this kind of change has occurred within their company. So I think, you know, Choosing professional development uh, opportunities like the summit, where you're going to get substantive knowledge and come away with uh, with ideas that you can apply the following Monday in your workforce, I think that's important. I think Catalyst, um, the Catalyst um, website, CatalystWomen.org, is an absolute goldmine. For um, if you go to the awards, uh, if you click on awards, you will find I think I don't know ten years of award-winning companies. And if you click on any of the companies, you get a profile of their diversity and inclusion program and why it worked. And the standards are very high for these awards. So that is a gold mine of models. And then I read Harvard Business Review and McKinsey Research on a pretty regular basis as well. Outstanding. Well, it sounds like we're coming to, uh, to the end of our program today. Pat, is there a way for people to reach you? Do you have an email address? Yes, my email address is pvalea, it's P as in Pat, V as in Victor, A-L-E-A, at AOL.com. Well, thank you so much. We appreciated having you here on the show. We hope that you'll be back with us soon. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks, really. This has been Leadership Development News. We look forward to having you with us for future programs. Stay tuned.
You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Business Channel. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management